One day, they will all come to my funeral just to make sure that I stay dead. But today is not that day. I'm alive. My heart is still beating and I'm breathing. Fresh air for the first time in a long time. My name is John Moxley and I am on a mission to reclaim my soul. And I know I'm not the only one who thinks, you know, it's about time this industry got a facelift. So make no mistake about it, this is an official declaration of war tonight to anyone who wants to get in my way and anybody who stands in AEW's way. We have a mission to knock the pillows of this industry on their ass. We ain't reading history books anymore, baby. We writing them. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Newspaper FM. I am your host, Daniel. Today, as ever, I am joined by Danny and we are here to review the first ever show from All Elite Wrestling, Double or Nothing. Danny, are you feeling good about the show? How are you doing today? I'm really good, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um... Uh, it's been another early, early morning for us, but we're about to get cracking and give us our best go. Uh, early morning. We've been up for hours, Danny. Strong to go. Um, Strong to go. <laughs> powered by coffee and monster. Yeah. Cup of tea and shout for Martin from H2O. So, yeah, I just want to say thanks to Martin for doing the review of Double or Nothing for Shoot Talk on our feed. Um, obviously, it helped as we didn't have to review the show the day, the morning after. As Danny, this show, when this show finished double or nothing, I went to bed at about half past six a.m. UK time. I was working the next day. I had a few hours sleep, got up to go to work. But yeah, half past six, I was on that much of a high from the show. So for you US viewers, the show probably finished about quarter to five in the morning UK time. Um, I then... Well, I just basically scrolled through, scrolled through Twitter for an hour and a half um, after the show. Danny, now let's start by you telling everyone your experience of ordering Double or Nothing. Explain what went wrong. Right. Um, this was a bit annoying. Um, obviously, the pre-show was on ITV4, so that wasn't a problem. I was able to watch that. I'd ordered the... Um, I'd ordered the, the ITV box office uh, for the main show. And as I'm about to switch on over to the um, over to ITV box office, it, it comes up saying there was a technical difficulty and to, or something along those lines and to reinsert your card, um, and it, which was weird. So uh, done what it says on the screen. I've changed absolutely nothing. Um so obviously you can't ring at that point. Um, so I decided to try and get a uh, a stream. I had paid for it legally, so I didn't feel too bad when trying to do that. Um, when I, what I found out the uh, the following day was that we got a 
a new Skybox. Um, and God bless her, my mother had taken delivery of it. The old Sky card was left in and not the new one. Oh. So when so when I put the Sky Viewing card number in to order the pay-per-view, it's actually been given the wrong one. It was given the old one. So um, I've, I've given the new one, sorry, which is the one on the account, and the old card was in. Um, didn't occur to me to, to double-check everyone else was asleep anyway, so I couldn't. Um, and this is what's caused the... Uh, caused the commotion. Um, so I ended up being able to watch it. I got really, really I, probably the first hour was fine. After that, I started getting really stressed because every, and fair play to them, every stream that was going up, I maybe found nine or 10 different streams. Um, it'd stay on for three, four minutes, and then it was being brought down. Um, and then the other one, then you'd switch to another one, and the same would happen with that. So. If you can say anything about them, you can say they were really, really hot on bringing down piracy, especially live piracy. What what happened is they were then uploading um, by basically 53 for 55 minutes slots to Daily Motion. So I was able to watch them, but it was about an hour delay. So I actually, um, I didn't want to miss it. I was getting all annoyed and um, I ended up seeing it all. I missed the women's uh, six-way match. But other than that, I managed to see it all in full. So it wasn't as bad as it could have been. It was just one of those situations that you really didn't want to happen on such a big show. Such if this a, resist, if it was Saturday Mania, I wouldn't have been bothered. Can you hear that dog next door? No, I can't. Seriously, it... 7 a.m. I can't. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sure there's a lot of dog fans out there. I can't fucking stand dogs. Anyway, right. So I probably I'm offended sure... 70%. I'm sure. Of yeah, yeah. No, you've offended me as well. I'm sure they can't stand you either. Nah, I don't care. I'm sorry. Why would you want a wolf living in your house? Anyway, back to double or nothing, Danny. I felt so sorry for you. Um, you was messaging me, and I thought, oh, what a disastrous show for it to happen on. And it. As if that's what it was with the skybox. Bless your mum. Yeah. If it had been anyone else but your mum, I bet you'd have given them a mouthful. Yeah, yeah, I'm too scared. Um, yeah, so Danny, we'll 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 get into it. I I really enjoyed the show. It was a really good live experience. I thought the picture as well. What I, I I'm sorry to rub it in, but on ITV box office, the picture because it wasn't actually streamed like on the WWE network. The picture was that little bit better. Um, the HD quality of it all was fantastic. Um, right. however, so, you, you know, you could tell the difference. I could tell that I was watching this ordered through Sky, well, Virgin for myself, as opposed to streaming it from my laptop to my TV with the WWE network. So the picture, I thought, was absolutely fantastic. But we will get into the butter things in a minute. But the headlines from the show, everyone, you all know it by now. John Moxley debuted for All Elite Wrestling at this show. That is the news that everyone is talking about. Danny, what a shock it was. I know you didn't watch it live. Had you avoided spoilers? I think you had, hadn't you? You'd yeah, I had. I had. I literally switched um the, the, everything went off. Uh, all my conversations were muted on WhatsApp. The only one that obviously wasn't was the one with you because you knew the situation that it was in. 
So yeah, I was managed to avoid spoilers. I got a message from you saying um, avoid spoilers at all costs um, as well. Once you knew I was there, uh, I was able to get a stream. So yeah, it was uh, it was fantastic. Um, it wasn't lost on me that when Dean Ambrose comes to uh, Dean Ambrose, do you know what? I've spent years getting used to calling them Dean Ambrose rather than John Moxley. Years it's taken me, and now he's John Moxley again, and I'm going to end up calling him Dean Ambrose. Um, so Moxley comes back in. It wasn't wasted on me the fact that he was wearing what he was wearing was very very similar to what Scott Hall was wearing when he come walking down the ring on Nitro. It was the the all uh, sort of not, not tank top but that uh, shirtless vest. Um, and the way that he come down as well is an absolutely fantastic photo that I sent to you. And you don't realise what it is first. It's a, a shot of Jericho, Jericho in the foreground with whose uh, the, the camera isn't focused on him. It's quite blurry. And you just see the crowd. And you all of a sudden you see Moxley's face walking down, eyes trained on Jericho through the crowd. Absolutely fantastic picture. Um, yeah. Um, it, go on, I'm just saying it's one of those moments in it, Danny. It's one of those moments. I, st- I don't think it's lost on people, but in 10, 15 years, there'll be books written about the WWE, AW. Do you know what I mean? How the rivalry started. We obviously don't know how it's going to end, if it will end. But in 10, 15 years, when people talk, there'll be documentaries on it, won't there? Um, and when people talk that... Moxley showing up in All Elite Wrestling on their first night will be like, this is what showed people that they meant business. Do you know what I mean? Because let's be honest, Moxley, Ambrose, whatever you want to call him, was probably the top five stars in WWE. I'd say top five, definitely top ten, but for me, top five a year ago. Um, I don't know. For me, it's a massive, massive get for AEW, I still can't quite work out what was going on. I'm sure we'll find out in years to come why why WWE were giving him such a good send-off. It is just not like them. There must have been a small part of them that A, either thought he wasn't going to All Elite or B, thought that they could persuade him to stay because for me, it just didn't make sense. Do you know what I mean? That is not, we know WWE, Danny, that is not like them. It's a swerve. Mm. That's what everyone yeah. was saying. It's a work. And, and I'll, I, I'll sign up to that. I signed up to that philosophy myself because we're not used to seeing it. Um, so there's obviously going to be a lot of rumours and there's going to be a lot of um, false information that comes out. Speaking of false information, Vince Russo thinks everything's a work. Um, um, and WWE and AEW are either one and the same or in bed together or some. So. There's going to be a lot of shit that comes out. However, if what's led to be believed, it's been reported by a few of these, like I think it's the Alvarez and, and, and the other fellow Johnson, that um, somebody backstage, one of their sources backstage, was apparently told that Rene Young had been dragged into a meeting um, that had been lasting for 30 minutes and the raised voices could be heard. Um, so I don't know what that is what it means, what what what's happened, whether it's true, whether it's not true, but it's obviously causing some kind of an effect. But 
it's difficult to understand with with WWE. They could have they could have been told like what Chris Jericho told them that the that he won't be going to AEW. He won't be doing any other any other um, shows in in the United States. However, he will be going to New Japan, and he might be doing some smaller indies within the US. Um, I, you you just don't know what happens until until it all comes out. Yeah, you can't blame the guy. I mean, have you seen that promo? Have you seen the promo that he cut basically well, on WWE? Yeah, that uh, was amazing about the paradigm. The paradigm shift. Now it was amazing, and the other thing I was I had a friend around last week was telling me he's an old WWE fan, doesn't watch anymore. And he was saying to me, he said, Dean Ambrose doesn't cut promos anymore. He said, uh, over the course of the last couple of years, he said, and he was the best talker in the Shield. And he truly was. And you see in that, that interview that he cut, where he talks about the paradigm shift in wrestling. And you can see why his mad eyes were back, his... Um, his strength, that strength delivery where he talks sense, but he actually sounds like he's not talking sense, and he comes across as a madman. That was that was all there again, and you just wonder why it hasn't been utilised. For me, it's a simple fact, Danny, and it's a fact that he's going to give AW a big advantage. Obviously, not in terms of numbers, but I mean in terms of show quality. They are willing to do something that WWE won't do, and that is they will allow their talent to speak from the heart. They won't be given a complete script of what they need to say, where they're learning lines. They might be given bullet points, whatever. Do you know what I mean? They're allowed a bit of freedom, a bit of creative control, which is always going to work. Well, nine times out of ten, it's going to work out for the better, which clearly for someone like Ambrose, you can't be scripting what Ambrose is saying. Do you know what I mean? Some of those promos when he turned heel um, on Roman, well, on Seth, after Roman got leukemia, some of those promos, they were just, when he was coming out with a gas mask on. Do you know what I mean? Dean Ambrose turning heel should be, do you know what I mean? He should be giving top quality promos like this one. I think I might put it at the start of the show, Danny. Um, but yeah, so you will have heard that by now. Right, I think, do you reckon we have time to get into the show? Um, yeah. We will start off with the pre-show. Now, I'm going to start off straight out of the bat from this. I'm going to be honest, although I was a huge fan of the show, I thought this pre-show was horrendous. I was very, very disappointed. So many things wrong with it. Mainly the start of it, Danny. The first thing we saw of All Elite Wrestling, we could see in the background four or five wrestlers stood in the ring and all the crowd booing. And I was just like, what? What is this? Um, the Battle Royal itself I didn't think was good. I thought coming down in groups of five was dumb. I didn't like how Orange Cassidy was just randomly out there as number 22. He just basically appeared. Um, and like we were talking about on WhatsApp, Danny, they badly needed JR on commentary as Excalibur and Alex Marvez. It, it wasn't great, was it? It, was, it wasn't. It was, they, they, they seemed disorientated. They didn't know who was going to say what and when. Um they needed JR there to sort of steer the ship. And you could tell the immense difference that was made. Also, it, it was even more noticeable in the live segments where they were camera facing. Um, sorry, not the live segment. Because segments where they were camera facing 
and they were uh, they were introducing what's coming next. And you could tell, obviously, people shouting things in their ear. I think at one point Excalibur was in the middle of a sentence and then just stopped. And I am a fan of Excalibur as well as um, as a commentator. Excalibur started have, having to take over play by play while they were in the first um, in the pre-show. Wasn't ideal. Good things that I did like about this was um, MJF um, again, just looking like an absolute superstar. Um, when Dustin Thomas, uh, who was the guy with no legs, oh. when he when he started attacking him and he called the Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump, that was fantastic. Um, he is just the biggest, most wonderful shit out here you'll ever meet. Um, that was one of the high points for the from the Battle Royal for me. Orange Cassidy, although he came in at twenty two, doing the um, the yes kicks and the super kick. On Tommy Dreamer was 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 really funny. Um, There's some good moments in the Battle Royal, but it wasn't wasn't the great uh, it wasn't the great one like he did it all in. How can you have Dustin Thomas just in the ring? Do you know what I mean? He needs to be given an intro. He needs to be it needs to be told. Do you know what I mean? He can't just be oh and in the ring with four other wrestlers. It's Dustin Thomas, and then we move on to the action. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He, he can't just be in the ring. For me, but yeah, so we don't need to go like into detail with these matches um, on the pre-show. It was, I thought it was a poor match. The highlights for me was, as you say, MJF. Um, some of the Joey Janela spots were a bit crazy. I didn't <laughs> like how they went with the oh MJF has not been eliminated. Then he comes running back into the ring. It's very <laughs> WWE esque, um, and I think it's overdone in these sort of battle royals, rumble matches. I think it happened. Um, in the Women's Royal Rumble this year. So, yeah, whatever. Um, it wasn't the best match to be the first ever All Elite Wrestling match. Um, I thought some of the camera angles weren't great. And then we... Uh, yeah, that's that's right. Cam- the camera's direction was completely off, especially during the, 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 the pre-show. Uh, it, it improved slightly as the show went on. But uh, that's one thing that you're never going to beat WWE at. The direction and the, the the camera work is absolutely fantastic in WWE, and it wasn't here. Uh, I think it used to be better in WWE about five years ago before they started with all these stupid. You know, like when they're having a brawling segment, the amount of camera cuts, I can't keep up with what's going on. Have you ever seen Sanity's entrance? I feel like mm-hmm. I'm about to like collapse. But still, there's there's nobody even now that compares with WWE in mm-hmm. terms of that 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 thing. So, next on the pre-show, Danny, I'm not going to talk about the backstage segment with the librarian. We had Kip Sabian versus Sammy Guevara. Um, Sammy Guevara, I've seen a bit of in PWG. He's always spectacular. A lot of potential. Kip Sabian, Danny. Now, I obviously watch quite a bit of UK Indies. He's not really someone that I ever see on the shows, really. I know he does. Does he do a bit of Rev Pro? Um, He's not someone I personally have seen a lot of. Very, um, very much a, a down south, um, down right. south wrestler. Um, yeah, he, he will do a bit of Rev Pro, but there's a lot of smaller organisations that he works for. Um, I, I thought it was a decent match. Um, as you say, I've known Sammy Guevara for a long time. He's can be very spectacular. He can also do some spectacular botches as well. Um, but this was just a really standard, easy into something match. It wasn't. A high flying extravaganza. It was just a fine match. There was no let down by the commentary and the direction. 
Yeah, I personally, Danny, I thought this match should have been like a sort of a buffer match on the main show, and I would have had on the pre-show the SCU Strong Hearts match. I think that would have been because obviously the pre-show there was. It was on ITV4. This was on free TV in the UK. This Obviously, I'm not saying loads of people watch, but this would have been available for millions and millions of people to watch. So this is where you really... Do you know what I mean? If you look, if people are flicking through the channels, as I say, it's the buy-in. Do you know what I mean? You want to try and impress on the buy-in. I don't think it's their fault. I think they thought that the Battle Royal, listening to their thoughts before the show, was going to be amazing. It wasn't. Um, so, yeah, so we had two matches that really... I'm not going to lie to you, Danny, at this point, I'm thinking, what is this? This is not going to be... Do you know what I mean? I was a bit worried at this point, I'm going to be honest. And um, With me, if I usually get down on a show, I usually struggle to get back up, so they did a great job of that. Um, so, yeah, Kip Sabian gets the win in this one in a... It was a good... It was your, I don't know, three-star match, whatever you want to call it. It was, it was like Danny said, a standard match. Um, the pre-show ends with all of the elite coming out, Danny. Um, they cut a speech or whatever. They have a few shots at WWE. Um, it was really funny part where they were talking about how there's 20,000 people in the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Um, and then, obviously, there was only, what, 12 or 13. Um, however, Cody's riling the crowd up. He's giving this great speech, excellent speech. And I just get, coming next on ITV4, I thought, oh, they basically cut off the speech halfway through. They ran over, and it was just a fitting way to end this, I'm going to be honest, disastrous pre... Well, not disastrous, poor pre-show. So, yeah, I was worried after this, Danny. Yeah, I think... Uh, I'll say I was worried. There was just a little bit... Um, I was a little bit underwhelmed by it, um, but that, that soon changed. Yeah. I'm saying I was worried. I'm guessing you were worried a couple of minutes later when you got the message of please reinsert your Sky viewing card. This uh, (laughs) this was at the point where I was running around like a madman. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the main show starts. uh, We get a video package, um, obviously, explaining the birth of All Elite Wrestling, which was needed. Um, And then we basically get straight into the action. So the first ever match... Forget the pre-show, forget the buy-in show, whatever you want to call it. The first ever match on an all-elite wrestling pay-per-view was SCU versus, what was it, Shima and the Stronghearts, whatever the team from OWE, or as JR liked to say, what did he say, OVW or something. Um, but yeah, Danny, this was this is where it, re- it, this match was very, very good, but they did a great job of winning me back around. It picked up my spirits and I thought, yeah. We're into the heart of things here. This was a very, very good wrestling match. Christopher Daniels is absolutely outstanding for his age. I thought um, Kazarian had a really, really impressive performance. He looked up for it in this match. Um, So, yeah, Danny, how did you feel about this match? It it was very, very good. I was really impressed with it. Yeah, I think um, it was the best possible opener to the show that they could have wished for at this point. After the pre-show, um, Seema was outstanding. Um, it's the first time I've seen him for a long, long time. Between him and Daniels, wow, it could have been Ring of Honor in 2004 five again. Um, absolutely fantastic start. As you say, Kazarian. I will say Kazarian put a shift in as well, but I think everyone did in that match. It was, I think it showcased... Uh, strong hearts more than it did 
uh, yeah. SCU, but SCU at the same time was still very, very good. Um, so, yeah, really, really, really good opening to the show. And as you say, it got me, uh, it got your attention back into it, didn't it? Yeah, I really like Linderman. I don't know, he really imp- he sort of stood out for me. I don't know why. He just looked like that badass Japanese guy. Oh, JR called him Chinese, didn't he? <laughs> well, they are. Chinese. I know, I know. Seamus, Japanese, the other two are Chinese. What are they? I'm pretty sure the other, I thought the other two were Japanese. I'll have a look, but um, I know the Seamus started this Oriental Wrestling organi- uh, Entertainment, sorry. No, and, Lindemann's, um, Lindemann's Japanese. They're both. Are they not in Dragon Gate? No, this 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 is were advertised as part of the um the OWA, weren't they? Yeah, but they're all Japanese. The people in the match. Do you know these oh, aren't? There you go. You see, um, these two aren't the. Uh, do you know? You're what I mean? right. Like, I've got to. I've got to be honest, mate. Sorry, because they they must have come over to start the company with. Uh, and you see, it was Japanese, but. I honestly thought the other two were Chinese just because of the company that they come from. Yeah, these two are, they're not from the, uh, is it like a training school? I don't know what it is. They're not actually from the, uh, do you know what I mean? They're not, they're, they're not like for, or from OWE. Well, they are, they wrestle in it, but they're not like homegrown in there. I, I, I was reading an article, you know, before the show where they were saying they didn't think the people from OWE were quite ready for such a big match. You're not on the big stage quite yet. Yeah, um, no, that's, so. that's fair. That's, but, uh, that's my mistake, ignore me. Uh, it was JR's mistake. <laughs> he said it. I th- as soon as I heard it, I thought, oh, JR, JR, you've just called them OVW as well. But anyway, um, yeah, really, really good match. Um, yeah, so SCU get the win, which didn't surprise me. I was listening to Martin's preview show on the way back from Fight Club Pro on Friday after I dropped you off. And Martin said, I'll put my house on um, a strong hearts victory in this match. But yeah, Martin, wrong as usual. <laughs> I'm only joking, Martin. Um, yeah, so yeah, really good match. Really good match. Um, next, we had the women's triple threat match. Or so we thought it ended up being a women's fatal four-way as Brandy Rhodes came out and she basically swerved everyone that she was going to be in the match only to introduce Awesome Kong. Danny, what what, what were you thinking about this match? Um, yeah, it was it was okay. It wasn't. I don't think it was the, the best. But I think it was the worst match of the night. Um, however, I don't think that necessarily means it's bad. Awesome Kong it was great to see him back. Obviously, she wasn't doing the major work of this um, of this match. Match Britt Baker, Kylie Ray, and Nyla Rose were doing the majority of the work. And um, went on for about ten minutes. It was it was a it was a good match. Um, but as I said, there was a lot of one on one segments uh, where people would just fall out the ring and seemingly be dead for a good few minutes, and then all of a sudden reawaken. And I know that's the way. The scramble matches can work so that there can be a spotlight on one or two people, but it it, it was it was just all right for me. See, I think I was a bit higher on this. I did enjoy this match, and um, I've heard a lot of people say it was the worst match on the show. For me, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it did a really good job in showcasing Kylie Ray. I really, really think she's going to be a star in the women's division in AEW. I've not seen any of it. I'm going to be honest. I've not seen any of it before this. And she was the one that really impressed me. 
I thought, I don't know, I thought she just looked like a star in there. Um, but yeah, I, thought, I felt a bit sorry for uh, Nyla Rose because obviously she's got a lot of size behind her. And when Awesome Kong came out, it sort of like overshadowed, do you know what I mean, what she brought to the match as like the powerhouse in the yeah. match. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I say it was good stuff. Um, obviously, the intro from Brandy Rose, it was a little bit like, it reminded me, you know, um, at Mania 33 when New Day came out in their yes. full gear. Um, so, yeah, it seemed like it was taken a little bit from that. But, yeah, this was a good match. It was it was a fine match. I think I preferred it a little bit more than Danny. Uh, I'm looking at my star I don't, don't get me ratings. Don't, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. It wasn't, I'm just saying that it... It didn't set set the world on fire, but don't get me wrong, I missed the six six woman tag match as well. Oh, did you miss that match? Oh, you said at the start yeah, yeah. you missed that match. I really like this match. I think this was that was just slightly better than the Fatal Four Way Women's match. Um, but yeah, I went three and a half stars for the Women's Fatal Four Way. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. So next we had Danny, the best friends, Chucky T. And Trent Beretta versus Jack Evans and Angelico. How Angelico is booked on this card is a mystery for me. Um, I've seen quite a bit of him on the UK Indies. He does absolutely nothing for me. I'm going to be honest. And in this match, I thought he looked awkward. I thought he looked sloppy. But Jack Evans. Let's talk about Jack Evans. I think I'll first watch him for Ring of Honor, maybe 2003. This guy still crazy, still out of his mind. Um, I thought he stole the show in this match. Some of the spots he was doing um, all these years later, so impressive. Uh, yeah, the only thing I would say, Danny, I'd have preferred to see Jack Evans' team with Teddy Hart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, seeing Teddy Hart on MLW a couple of weeks ago, um, and he looked surprisingly um, fluid as well. Um, it was it was one of them. Angelico, I think I've I've got a little more time for than you have. However, the main thing about this was, for me, seeing Jack Evans being spotlighted in a major promotion in the United States, possibly for the first time. I know he did a little bit of work with TNA, but the way that he was getting put over by the commentators, the way the crowd let up everything that they were doing, absolutely fantastic. Great to see him back in um, in in that kind of well, great to see him in that spot. Uh, best friends uh, for me, always entertaining, always put on a good match. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was uh, it was a win for the best friends, and that was um, that was what we wanted to see. Or that was what I wanted to see. Yeah, I t- to me, it was just like it was another good match, weren't it? That was the yeah. thing. It was just another. It wasn't a bad match. Just another good match. Um, and we'd have three matches at this point. None of them were bad. Um, one of them, the opener was really, really good. And the other two, they were both good matches. So three for three. Um, so yeah, great first hour of the show here. I'd completely forgotten about um, the issues on the pre-show. JR, as you said, came in. He steadied the ship. Um, I think JR sort of allowed Excalibur to go on to another level. I really enjoyed Excalibur's yeah. commentary. Um, I'd like to see what they should do if they really want. I feel a bit sorry. Everyone's burying Alex Marvez. He wasn't great. By the end of the show, it was 5 a.m. And I'm thinking, I wish this guy had short. Do you know what I mean? We've got to be brutally honest. Um, I think he could be. I think what he should do, he seemed to like his stats, didn't he? So maybe if you play him in sort of the Chris Charlton role in New Japan, where he, 
He pops up every now and again with a statistic, but I think the commentary team should be JR and Excalibur um, going forward, and you can have him pop up with little little tidbits. Um, he can plug the next show, as he seemed to love doing during the Young Bucks, Pentagon and Phoenix match, which was a bit annoying, but... Yeah, so the show is back on track after that, Danny. Um, next, I'll just quickly talk about the match. You, you've not seen any of this match? No. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen a couple of seconds clips and then um, and then it goes. It went off. So I, w- I will wave my way back to it. Yeah, there was two two women in this match that really... Obviously, Arja Kong was really good in this match. But Hikaru Rashida, um, she just sort of had that look that I can imagine her being a top star in the women's division. Um, she was really impressive. Obviously, Yuka Sakazaki had a, a really like impressive gimmick that stood out. But it, it was just a really, really good match. Again, um, possibly my, maybe second match of the night up this until this point. Um, now, obviously, the big talking point about this match was the botch at the end. So basically, Danny, there was a two count, um, and the timekeeper rang for the bell which left the female referee fuming, shouting two, it was two. And now I went back and watched it. And what she did, you'll see this sometimes. Um, what's the main... Is it when they put the knee down, it sounds like, or when they slide down, it sounds like they've hit the mat once. Well, they slid down, yeah. But her hand yeah. did sort of slide and tap the mat. So if you watched right. it, it actually looked like she did a four count. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think... At first, I thought it was purely the timekeeper's fault. However, Martin pointed out that it was the referee's fault, so I went back and looked at it. And yeah, you can sort of understand. Um, I don't know. I'm still not sure if it was worthy. I of was always. I, I mean, Martin. Martin's somebody who's, who's trained, so I'm not really going to, you know, argue with him. But I was always under the impression that you'd hear one, two, three. At that point, the referee would point at the timekeeper and tell them to ring the bell. Um, that was my always my understanding of it. Maybe I might be wrong. Yeah. Or maybe things have changed over the years. Yeah, I think he, they did jump the gun a little bit with that one. Um, and I felt sorry for him because they were having a really, really good match. This would have yeah. rivaled the opening match, Danny. It was that good. And then this, it just sort of brought the match down. Uh, it gave the match a flat finish, which was a real shame because these lot, they really did have a good match. And I'm hoping to see a couple of them um, back on when we AEW go to TV. Because that Hikaru Rashida was so impressive. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed this match. And we're four for four, Danny. Four for four in matches. Four good matches, just brilliant stuff. Um, next, we had a classic, a masterpiece. Danny, this was pro wrestling perfection for me. We had Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes. Everything going into the match was brilliant. Cody Rhodes vowed to kill the Attitude Era. Put that bastard down, Cody. Um, yeah, this was... Uh, it, it, I can't praise this match high enough, Danny. I thought this match... This match is the... It is my favourite match that I've seen in North America this year. I, I just... I, I can't say any, I can't speak highly enough about it. Absolutely fantastic match. Did you enjoy it as much as I did? I don't know anyone that hasn't enjoyed this match. Um, it's the absolute antithesis of what 
WWE, what, what happens in WWE. This was, this could have been, I, I said this direct quote to a friend, I said this could have been 1985 in the Greensboro Coliseum, NWA, bloody war that's going on between two guys who can work in the ring but can also tell a story. Um, this this isn't what goes on in a lot of places these days. There was a story told before and throughout this match. It was told with the... If you look at that match as a one take the blood out of it. If you watch that match just move for move, that is just a very, very standard match. However, when you add that emotion in where the... And don't get me wrong, I'm not a big proponent of blood in wrestling... I can think, think in, in situations like this, it can certainly add to it, but too much done can distract her from it. Not going to get into that discussion. However, it certainly added to this storyline. Um, the way they've conducted themselves throughout the match, the interactions with Brandy, um, everything built up to a fantastic end to the match. Um, the commentators really sold the fact that Dustin was so hurt very, very well. It was a great match, but um, what I'm saying is if you look at just the moves in that match and the, the way they were they were timed and put together, it's just a really standard match. You put everything else on top of it, and it's absolutely fantastic. I can't speak highly enough of the match itself. Yeah, I think the, the blade job, as we said, it, sometimes I'm trying to think of an example. So say you might have a... Uh, a Jimmy Havoc match in progress or somewhere where it's bleeding for bleeding's sake, where it doesn't really mean a lot. This, however, meant a lot. This crowd hasn't really been, I don't know, a lot of people say my age and younger haven't really been exposed to a lot of blood in wrestling. Um, So for them, it was like, oh, wow. Say if you're 20 years old, you're 19, 18, you probably haven't seen stuff like this unless you've gone back, looked through the archives. Um, I think... For me, as I say, it reminded me of the Eddie Guerrero JBL match at Judgment Day where Eddie was bleeding buckets. That made that match. This made this match. Um, it was just great. The atmosphere from the start. We didn't talk about Danny, the Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes entrance where he smashes Triple H's chair with a sledgehammer. A lot of people, I know you didn't really think it was like, I absolutely loved it. This signalled war. This signalled, yeah, fuck you. It's a bit of banter. Do you know what I mean? I don't think Triple H, I don't know, but I don't think Triple H would be livid about it like people are saying. It's a bit of banter. Triple H, let's face it, what do people talk about when they talk about WCW versus WWE? One of the main things is when DX showed up with the... uh, do you know what I mean? With a tank outside WCW. So, yeah, WWE gave it. Now they can take it. I loved it. It just sort of... Uh, it was brilliant for me. Um, it just... I think it helped, you know, get the crowd even more into um, the Cody Rhodes stuff. It was brilliant. But one thing, Danny, I know I've just spoke for a bit. What I do want to say, I was so happy for Dustin Rhodes. Um, I listened to an interview before the show, um, and he was saying he was a bit like... He wasn't sure how this audience was going to take to him. Do you know what I mean? He's heard a lot of great things about the elite audience. Um, and he was a bit like, oh, are they going to like me? Are they going to be receptive for me? And they were. They loved him. Um, Cody Rhodes, Danny, he went from being a hero at the start of this match, an absolute hero to these people, 
to within 20 minutes of this match getting booed and there being what I loved was the stone silence when Cody hits his crossroads for the pin. It was like putting the old dog down. It There was no pop, do you know what I mean, when Cody won. It was just no. silent. It was brilliant. I loved it. An amazing match. This, Like you say, if you take this match, you just move, move, move. It wasn't that. It didn't need it. It had emotion. It had story. Some of the crowd shots of the reactions of the fans, that's what made the match for me. They're going ape shit. This was, let's not get away from it, this was, I don't care what anyone says, this was a classic, an absolute classic match. One of the best matches, the most memorable matches in North America this decade. Yeah, I agreed. I mean, touching on the, 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 the throne thing, I think it cheapens the product. I think you've got going into a fantastic match, and I don't think it needs to. You could have done it at different points, but it's, it's just something that I'm not interested in. But there we go. A lot of people did like it. But, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I saw an interview with Dustin afterwards where he kind of said, I didn't know how the crowd would take to me as well, but they, the, the roar that was there when I come out and change. And as you said, they've told the story within that match where these people going from loving Cody to absolutely hating him um, because of what he was doing to Dustin. It was it was fantastic. The fact that he came out as the natural again and the fact that they've, they've talked in the build-up to this about this being a blood feud, which is obviously a conflict between families, whether to go back to the, the days of old Westerns when it was like... Um, the Hatfields versus the McCoys or the Earps versus the Cowboys. It, it's a, you know, it, it, it's a quite a historical and meaningful thing to say. It was a fantastic match. It told the story. It told the story on a much deeper level. And then after the match, we go into a situation where Cody asks Dustin to be his, um, his tag team partner as well. Um, I had spoken to you the other day and we don't know what the situation is, but Cody, uh, sorry, Dustin was actually taking his boots off. And if you are a wrestler in terms of an amateur or Olympic wrestler, when you take your boots off and you leave them in the ring, that means that you're retiring. Um, It means that you left it all in the ring and that includes your boots. And if you notice Dustin takes his boots off or goes to take his boots off, starts untying them, and that's when Cody slides back in the ring and says he needs his older brother. And again, if that was off the cuff, which I think it was, and even if it wasn't, that was such a well-done piece. Emotion in both guys' eyes and um, an agreement to tag up one more time. Yeah, I'd give him a run, me. Do you know what I mean? Give him a run as a tag team. I don't think Cody's going to be going for the uh, AW World title anytime soon. Give them a run as a tag team. Uh, The Young Bucks match is one that I'm looking forward to. Um, I messaged Martin messaged me I think something like oh this might be Dustin's last match this is just before and I said nah he isn't retiring we need to see the Young Bucks versus Cody and Dustin and I'm glad that we're going to get to see that now Daddy I spoke to you a few times I know you're not a big star ratings guy I've seen star ratings for this like three and a half stars 4.25 stars and I'm thinking oh why are you why are you looking in so much detail about this how can this just be a four star match you don't get a reaction like this from a crowd this was a five star classic 
Um, I'm going to be, I know I, I say you're not interested in star ratings. I am a little part of me is curious to see what good old Dave Meltzer gives this. Some of the matches that he's given, like he gave old Carter against Sonata five stars from like two months ago. And it was, it was a, it was a wrestling match. It was a very well wrestled match. For me, it was nowhere near a five-star match. It didn't have the emotion. Well, it did have emotion, but it, nothing was on the level. This, I don't think we'll see a match with this much emotion for a very long time. This was a five-star match. If you haven't seen it for whatever reason, you're absolutely crazy. Go and watch this match. Um, next, Danny, we had a segment which I think was it was needed, really. I think the crowd would have been totally worn out <laughs> after this. Uh, we had Bret Hart. Bret Hart introducing the AEW Championship. I love the smile on Bret's face. You could just tell he loved sticking it to the WWE. He, he was he was like a Cheshire cat um, with his AEW Championship. Um, I don't want to get into the segment too much, but yeah, obviously had Jack Whitehall out there. Um, Bret, when he held, holds the title up, he isn't actually... I don't know, I felt like I was trying to wait for the camera to get a good look at the belt, which was a bit of a, a bad point for me. It didn't actually get a good look at the belt. Um, but yeah, I, it was a bit of a mess, weren't it, this segment, Danny? I did, it did a good job of sort of getting over. Obviously, MJF was amazing in this segment. Um, it, yeah, it, yeah, I'll be honest with you, I enjoyed it. I didn't, I didn't think it was a mess. Um, I think it was, I thought it was quite well presented. Um you, you're going to get a look at the, the, at the belt. It's such a huge title in terms of yeah, just the size of it. Um, as soon as that was up, there was um, apparently pictures on social media with close-ups and stuff. So I'm really not that bothered about seeing, getting a good look at the belt, so to speak. What it did do is it built some storylines up. Uh, MJF was, again, fantastic. So, yeah, it was, it was a nice... It was a nice break from a lot of what we'd seen was quite serious action. Yeah, it was match to match to match um, yeah. up until this point. I say it did a good job in sort of. It, they basically told us they're gonna. They see Jungle Boy. They see Jimmy Havoc as guys. Do you know what I mean? That they're gonna give a little bit of a push to. That you're gonna be seeing a lot of. Obviously, MJF stole the segment. He was amazing, but I thought the idea was that the execution maybe wasn't great in the segment. Um, I say to me in a title reveal. I shouldn't have to go on social media to find a good picture of the belt. It should be there on my screen right in front of me. That wasn't the case. So we'll agree to disagree on that. I didn't think this was a very good segment. Now, tag team championships, the AAA World Tag Team Championships, that is the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. It, I don't even know what to say. It was just 25 minutes of crazy spots, basically. Um, Ray Phoenix as usual for me, I know Pentagon is apparently the star. Ray Phoenix totally is the star of this tag team. He's absolutely incredible. Um, I don't have anything to say. I'm not going to go through move to move as some of the crazy no, spots that they do. I, it was just think, a crazy match. I think, again, I'll point back to the somebody I've spoken about the last couple of weeks. It's somebody I've introduced to wrestling quite recently. Um, and they has watched the... Um, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers, and they're blown away by it. They they can't. It actually left them sort of breathless in terms of they didn't know the wrestling could do this. Somebody watched it years ago back in the Attitude Era when they were a kid, but they didn't know that wrestling could produce this kind of a match. So when you're looking at that and 
just imagine, and I'm not, I'm not one to have a go at WWE, as you know. However, <laughs> if you can think of a 14-year-old kid, maybe 13-year-old kid, hasn't seen what I've seen, hasn't seen some of the stuff that you've seen, and they see this match after months of, um, you know, the Usos versus Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, or whatever it is at the moment, and don't get me wrong, the Usos are a good team, but if they see this against the stand SmackDown or Money in the Bank tag team match, they're going to be absolutely blown away by it, aren't they? Yeah, they are. The, the, this match, like we say, Danny, we, we I've seen this match before. Do you yeah, know what we I mean? All we all seen this match. All those indie, greasy, dirty, horrible indie marks. We've seen all this countless times. Maybe not on a big stage. A couple of the spots were really impressive. We've seen it. But if you're watching a match like this for the first time, you're going to be, wow, this is the match you're going to be talking about because you're not used to seeing matches like this. It was great. I love the fact that we'd not really had a complete spot fest of a match before this. We'd not had like a, I don't know, an eight-person scramble match where everyone's flipping around the ring for 20 minutes. So it was, do you know what I mean? It was really, really impressive. Um, I think, it, as I say, it's more of a match for people to show. People who don't watch this sort of wrestling are going to be like, wow, like you say, this match is more for them. But I can totally understand that this was a great match. Um it, yeah, it was a great match. Did its job, Danny. Great match. For me, Cody Dustin, match of the night, leaps and bounds. But this, yet again, was a great match. Um, I went four and a half stars on it. I think I'd like to see them do it again. I wouldn't mind seeing a two out of three falls match between these two, if done correctly. But I'm guessing we'll see a match maybe. I don't know, what, what is Triple A's big event? Is it uh, Triple, Triple Mania? Mania? Maybe we'll see the Lucha Brothers win the belts back on. One of their big shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, another great match. Now, Danny, main event time. Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, the winner of this match, faces Hangman Page at a later date. Um, at this point, Danny, it was about, I don't know what, you was watching this even later than me. At this point, it's about four in the morning, quarter past four as this match is starting. Um, uh, at this point, for me, it was six o'clock in the morning. Ugh. So you must have been even more tired. Uh, I was I was excited by the match. Um, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. Um, how can you not be excited for that? It's yeah. it's a match that that I I really enjoyed. However, I think it is just a, a stepping stone on the way in terms of this. Not only for John Moxley to come in. And go after Kenny, um, but also a, uh, a stepping stone in terms of the Jericho Kenny Omega feud. I think we can see this one going up to four four, and then having a rubber match um, to see who's uh, who's good. It's got it, that's the kind of longevity it's got. Really enjoyed this match. I heard a few people say stating that it, it wasn't a great match. I've got to be honest, I don't see that at all. I loved every minute of it. Um, 25 minutes well spent for me. Mm, uh, I, uh, I ain't going to be honest with you. It, I don't think it was a great match. I thought it was a very good match. Didn't really... I think the problem that they had is, right, really at this stage of the game, Jericho wants to be working his crazy 
Do you know what I mean? Like his street fight gimmick, whatever. They want to go out there and just brawl for 20 minutes. That's the match that worked last time, really. They can't really do that when Cody and Dustin, they're not going to have a better brawl, a better war than Cody and Dustin had. They're not going to have a better spot fest match than the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers had. Um, I felt like the crowd were a bit tired for this match after everything they'd seen. The crowd were very quiet for this match. Thought um, I was enjoying the match. I'm going to be brutally honest. I love Chris Jericho. I love this reincarnation of him. I hear people saying I don't like this makeup version of him. Nonsense. For me, I absolutely love this. One of my favourite Chris Jericho personas. Going to be honest, thought he looked rusty. Thought he wasn't as smooth as... Obviously, he's 48 years old, so I'm, I'm not blaming him for that. Um, at this stage, it's just the name Chris Jericho and the guy Chris Jericho. He doesn't need to go out there and have amazing matches. But for me, this match disappointed a little bit. But I'm not going to shit on it because it was still a very good match. It was nowhere near as good as their match at Wrestle Kingdom. But it didn't need to be. Nobody was going to be no, talking I about this match after it. I don't- I don't think it was anywhere near as good as the wrestling the match. What what I'm saying is this leaves for me, it just leaves the fact that there's more coming to this feud, yeah. which I'm excited about. Um so yeah, that's that that's all that's all I really wanted to say on it. But uh, it was enjoyable and it led into the um John Moxley. Um yeah. it was a perfectly yeah. fine world title match. That's what it was. It was just fine. Yeah. It was fine, nothing wrong with it. Um I said, I did think Jericho looked a bit rusty. But, Danny, I want to say, throw this point out there. In fact, you know what? We're going to discuss this topic on the next show on Friday. I want to know who you think should be the first world champion. So, tune in on Friday and we will discuss all of that. But as for what happens next, we spoke about it at the start of the show. John Moxley debut, one of those amazing moments in wrestling that we will remember. And it was the ending that this show needed. The match didn't need to be a great match because all people would be told. That's why it didn't even matter Kenny Omega lost. Because after this match, nobody's talking about, oh, as if Omega lost. Maybe a few Omega marks are. But it was all about John Moxley. We we're going to be getting a John Moxley-Kenny Omega match. You'd expect it possibly at all out. Um, but yeah, it was just, there's so many options, so many roles they can go down for this. You're going to see Jericho Moxley. You're going to see Omega Moxley. Um, I, I just thought this was a brilliant ending to a great show. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, so that was it. That is double or nothing. Overall, Danny, what were your overall thoughts on this show? I think this was one of the show. this is the show I haven't felt as excited about a show as this since Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I'll probably be honest and say I was more excited about this than I was um, Wrestle Kingdom. It, it felt like they had to, they had to actually, it had to be this good because if not, there would have been so much criticism from WWE fans. And I think, don't get me wrong, there has been criticism. I think WWE fans, would, or a lot of them, in a certain a certain part of that that fandom was going to shit on this whatever because a lot of them haven't seen any competition to WWE. Um, I think this just makes things better. It's better for wrestling as a whole. But the fact that these different organisations are, are available to us, however, this lived up to what it needed to live up to with a little extra sprinkled on top. Uh, I'm going to look forward to going back. I'm looking at the the women's match. Um, 
I, you know, you've got Fighter Fest coming up as well, and more events to, to, to look at. So I'm so pleased that it, it's gone off in such a good way, and I really, really enjoyed it. I was still up a half seven in the morning after the finishing. For me, a half six because I was just that excited about all the possibilities and what I'd seen previously. Um, so yeah, it was it was a really, really good show. Loved every minute of it. Yeah, that was like me. I was awake for an hour and a half. You just I've not had that feeling where I've stayed awake like an hour after the show in ages. Usually if I've stayed up to watch a WWE show, I'm like struggling, I'm battling to stay awake. None of that for this show. I think the uh, Monster Express old certainly helped with that. But um, yeah, for me, a great show. I'm going to be honest, it was the best pay-per-view I've seen this year, possibly even last year. It is. It's just. It's one of them classic shows. People might not say, "Oh, it's this is a historic show." Ten years time, people will be talking about this show. Um. So yeah, just a great show. And I believe I thought a shout out to the crowd. I thought the crowd, although they were quiet in the main event, they were excellent throughout this. There were probably wrestlers out there that they didn't know of. They were respectful, encouraging. I just thought it was a great crowd. It wasn't full of trolling chants or anything like that. Um, it was just it was just a great show for pro wrestling. As I say, I'm excited for the future. Um, that's it, Danny. Great show, great show. Go and check the show out. Um, I hope you've enjoyed our review of the show. Um, Danny will be back on Friday uh, for the Wrestling Newspaper Weekly. Um, yeah, so check out the show on Friday. Danny, you'll be back on Friday to do the show. Yes, I will pay particular attention to the show to them Chinese lads that never actually appeared. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be back on Friday. We'll be talking everything New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm sure we'll be talking about WWE versus AEW as that has taken Twitter by storm these last few days. Uh, I want to say thanks to Martin for doing the Double or Nothing review show. This is your second review show. Hope you've enjoyed it. Keep on listening to the Wrestling Newspaper FM. Thanks for all our listeners. The future is bright. See you later, everyone. <laughs>